Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. And you are listening to the Digital World on Freedom 106.5 FM. As we discuss the digitization of Trinidad and Tobago, are we progressing as a nation? And um, I want to welcome my our two guests today, which are Mr. O.C. Phillips, Digital Transformation Consultant, as well as Shadron Collins, who is the General Manager of Youth Business of Trinidad and Tobago. He's also passionate about connecting innovation and the building blocks of businesses and adapting to the ever-changing world. Um, a Rotarian, amateur chess coach, basketball watcher, and music lover, his personal mantra happens to be, there are too many people looking for a better life and not enough looking to make life better. Welcome, Mr. Collins, to Freedom. Thank you so much. Uh, hi, Karen. Um, and thank you for the listeners. And good afternoon afternoon bro afternoon and our second guest joining us again is mr oc phillips who is a digital transformation consultant oc enables digital digital transformations through effective digital strategies and excellence in execution collaborating with business and technology leaders oc helps to formulate and execute both operational and business model strategies to achieve intended business outcomes by bringing the best of consulting, technology, expertise, and execution models. Powered by knowledge, experience, research, data, and perspectives, OC enables clients to transform their business operations and achieve superior performance by leveraging analytics, digital ecosystems, digital adoption, total experience, digital innovation, and business engineering. He consults along the full value chain of digital transformation. OC is here to help you along your journey. Welcome back. Mr. O.C. Phillips. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, <laughs> listeners. You know, as always, start off kind of nervous or shy. <laughs> I want to welcome both gentlemen uh, to Freedom 106.5 FM again. Karen? Yeah, so we know that the Spotlight on the Economy event happened today, and we wanted to get two minds that participate in the transformation of businesses both from a technological perspective here with OC and also Shedron is involved with YBTT and there's a lot of programs that Shedron is involved in um, where he can speak to you know the types of investments that are happening within the country types of grants that are going to be available and he works with a lot of young entrepreneurs um, and helping them to, to start their businesses so I want to start the question off with a very basic and straightforward question i'm gonna pose it we'll go to oc first when oc's done shadron will come right in the question is are we progressing technologically as a nation we just hit 60 are we progressing technologically as a nation oc kick us off so if, to be very technical slow progress is still progress so we are progressing <laughs> to some extent are we progressing as we should my answer for that would be no. Because um, a lot of people look at it that, hey, at least we're still doing something. But if we're doing things when we're 10 years behind and we're now doing what we were supposed to be doing 10 years ago, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of progress, right? Um, so my short answer to that would be, are we progressing as we should? No. But we are still progressing. There's still some things in the works and a lot could be done to improve where we are. A lot more could be done. Shadron. Yeah, well, OC is the expert, so it's easy for me to copy and paste what he said, right? <laughs> um, 
And I think when we get to a level of technology where we're now looking at added value as opposed to just learning how to utilize tools, um, that's really where, where we want, want to be at. But I think we're now still understanding the tools, how to use the tools, um, and still even just building businesses solely on the tools. So we have a lot of app developers coming out now, but they're just building an app. They're not adding any value to any industry. And that's re really what you want to look at. So to me, I think technology needs to be um, a force for added value. And I think that is the next step that we need to get to. So yes, we're learning coding. Yes, we're learning all these things and insights um, in small pockets, however it may be. But now we want to figure out how could we use this to add value to what we have naturally here in Trinidad and Tobago. I think that's a great point that you just made, Shadron, because when we look around, right, I think over the years, and OC could speak to this, over the years, we have seen all of the launch events we see services new products every other week there's a new app there's a new tool something is being launched but when you sit back and i'll speak as a consumer when you sit back as a consumer and you really take a look at you know has all of these launches impacted uh, the quality of my life uh, positively? And it's very hard to say that it has because a lot of the things that I use like right now as a consumer are still a lot of the things that I've been using since I came to Trinidad some years ago. And you don't really see a lot of the, you know, all of these things that are being launched, you don't really see it making an impact in the public space. Well, that's correct. There's some elemental truth to that part of the song that says we jamming still, regardless of <laughs> what type of good solution comes out. And there's a, like you say, it's a launch culture. Um, people check a box, people check egos, and so the boards sit in a room and they say, all right, this is a good thing. But the end user on the street sitting down and saying, well, what is this? It's not designed for me. I can't use it. We look at multiple government services and websites that have been launched that end up being a little bit more tedious than you actually having to go in to do a transaction over the counter, right? And that defeats your whole purpose because technology is supposed to be there to modify, amplify, and make things easier for the end user. But when you implement technology and it makes it, it moves it from one step to four steps to get to the end of the process, then you're defeating the whole purpose of what we're here for, right? So I think we just need to change how we look at technology is not the enemy. I know a lot of people in positions that they don't understand what technology does. Um, but surround yourself with the people who do it. Copy a blueprint from somewhere else in the world, tailor it to us. Um, and innovation is trial and error, right? We would take trial and error. Guys, you know, okay, so we, we started off uh, a little down in the dumps here, but I did hear OC um, have a little bit of light uh, in all of this darkness. He says there is some progress taking place. Yes, there are. Gentlemen, what areas are you seeing progress in? Could we start with Shadron there? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities um, for, well, I can speak for young persons coming out and entrepreneurs in general. We've seen the direction. Um, as simple as the ministries of um, technology being formed, we, we see that there's awards either through the chamber or NETCO focused on technology and innovation as part of it. I think um, Kariri, in partnership with, um, with IDD and the European Union, 
just um, I think they, they would have awarded 15 um, businesses grants around innovation. So I think there's a lot of progress and it's becoming a buzzword. And usually that, that is what it takes in Trinidad first before um, things happen. The buzzwords and the experience and people trying things out. Um, what is technology? Do we even understand what technology is? If not, let's put a, put a technology grant out there see what people are thinking around technology and provide some support for them. But we've seen a lot of it, even Tech Beach um, retreat with their work that they've been doing around trying to get all entrepreneurs around tech started within a Caribbean-wide aspect as well. So we've seen the need for technology. I mean, that may have been brought on by COVID at the force to go into our online world, but we've seen more, more entrepreneurs doing online payments um, I, I know sometimes we still have bank-to-bank transfer errors, but we're getting there. And I think that is a possibility. And what about you, OC? Do you think that there are some areas that there are progressing? Yes, there, there definitely are areas that they are progressing. Um, but like I said, I always like to tie it into context. Um, I'm not blinded by two steps now that should have been two steps that happened, supposed to happen 10 years ago, like online banking, because we were so starved as a culture um, and some people think that we don't need certain things that businesses or certain people withhold things on the population because it's a cost. Some people benefit from the status quo remaining as it is. And even though things are progressing, we see things coming out with license office, we see in Ministry of Transport doing stuff, demerit points, slight technological advances. We have seen those things. Those are good. But um, I think for massive or the masses in Trinidad and Tobago, we need to see the progress that benefits them um, on a day-to-day and that has to start with every day-to-day transaction. I agree. Um, on the flip side to that, you know, we know that, okay, we're, we're not where we want to be. All right, well, Nobody's going to argue that. But are there areas that you see that we need to be paying really special attention to because we're we're underperforming but this is going to be you know it's going to really hurt us if we if we don't give it attention to what areas um are that shadron let's start with you uh, i think it's it's what is natural i think culture um agriculture and even if you want to look back at the energy sector as well those are the three the three pillars that we can look at um, besides the manufacturing industry that we can go to. Um, we've, we've had Carnival for how many years now? Um, is there any online platform that someone can absorb the entire Carnival experience? I've always, every, every time I, I do a, a session, I use an example as simple as a, a Netflix version for Carnival, right? Um, if somebody's listening out there and they want to run with it, fine, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Uh, but a Netflix version of Carnival where you can get interview interviews of Peter Minchell, all those different things. You can look back at Carnival. I mean, I remember my 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 um my days of social studies where you had to cut out all the different carnival masqueraders in, in your newspapers. Right, right now my uh, my cousin is checking on Google, but it's so many different sites and it's new sites you're getting information from from there's no repository really around that um I, we've had um entrepreneurs pass through our our cohorts focused on around um how do i now integrate online versions for um the steel pan doing animations around the steel pan as well right so how could you tell the steel pan story through animation and animation um 
um, show animation characters, right? So you can think about the, and again, is using technology as add-ons, right? So when you think about what we have in the agriculture sector, we're thinking about, I think Ozzy said that you don't have to re, you don't have to invent um, from this aspect. You can look across the globe, what's happening across here, and can we adapt to our local climate? And I think that is the options um, to go forward from there. Oh, see, what about you? What areas do you feel like right now we're kind of underperforming, but we need to pay special attention to? Listen to this angle, right? It's something that's been bothering me for a while. A lot of people spend money on entrepreneurship in Trinidad and Tobago, but they don't spend money in entrepreneurship. Mm. You see you see the big players in the grants, the IDBs, even Unit Trust had a part. Uh, uh, project scale or start up. scale up, right? Start, yeah. And if you see all of these things, nine out of ten of these grants or these projects are geared towards. And if you redefine details, you're seeing companies who make a million on 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 yeah. average revenue a year or three million a year and up. They want to help these companies scale. <laughs> Nobody's saying, "Here's what. Let me put a grant for digital entrepreneurship and give these people who start in." Because a company that makes three million and up, right? When you help them scale, they scale to ten million. When they want an HR mm-hmm. software, when they want an accounting software, they're going to go to the U.S. When the CEO has to go on vacation, where is he going to go? We're in 2022. Nobody has funded a grant for somebody to say, build an accounting or invoicing software that connects to local banks. Even if we use Waze or Invoice B, we cannot connect it to our local bank and have our accounting done. We need the kind of funding to go into these real-world problems that solve actual problems for the real entrepreneurs who exist here. And like the Spanish say, the rising tide elevates all ships. Because when you do that, you grow the smaller businesses and they can now supply the bigger companies, the multinational ones, the Ansel Macaws, the Masses, because we have something local and tailored here. Bamboo HR and those things may be working well for wider companies, but nothing here works specifically designed for us in the region. And that is where I think the funded should go because some people need to start and fail and make mistakes, but give people that. So you think that they shouldn't be starting with the companies who can make three million, who who can make three million on their own? And I'm saying don't give them scale up opportunities. Everybody needs to scale, but in markets like Trinidad and Tobago, growth is terminal. You would hit a point where it's terminal. You own certain amount of market share, and you have to go to a different market. What I'm saying is grow more businesses to that area instead of helping ten. That same hundred thousand US that you're putting to help ten could help forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I think I think that you see the challenge is that do we have forty good, <laughs> right? And I think that that is that is that is the, the cutting through the grass. We've always had a ecosystem that kind of operates on the two ends um, from a startup standpoint and uh i guess at a more mature growth stage um for those persons who i've started i'm in two three years in my business it's really a kind of pen for yourself aspect from there and looking for support in the different areas and only when you get to that level of what OT is talking about you get support again and that has always been the gap in the ecosystem so i guess if you go back to what needs to be done is really developing that streamlined um ecosystem i mean Yes, we're saying that it needs to possibly have a technology grant. Um, I would say we need to actually have more training and understanding in technology. But from a standpoint of how do we add value as opposed to just creating 
um, creating several apps, creating another, well, as Karen I say, I was talking about the shop hubs and the hubs for shopping and stuff like that, that we're creating online. But start thinking about how could we add value to what we have here and who's out here? Because there is grants available um, that's always changing. We had the spotlight on the economy here, and I think they released the date of the budget on the 23rd. So I hope entrepreneurs are knowing that you're in two businesses. You're in your business. Uh, reverse to what OC said, when you're working on your business, you're working in your business, but working on your business now kind of requires you to understand what's happening around you and in the environment and the economy as well. Where is the money going towards, right? What is available? Even when researching grants, you find grants year to year change, right? And it's because of where the focus is of the economy. We've had COVID relief grants. There was innovation grants. Um, there's still the social development seed grants, which give you 15,000. I think THA gives you 25,000 for startup and existing businesses in Tobago. But it's really when you're developing, I don't want to just develop an app. I want to develop an app that has a purpose. And I think that is providing a solution to our problem is really where we need to start. And we are talking digitization of uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Are we progressing? We're speaking with Shedron Collins, uh, the general manager of youth business of Trinidad and Tobago, and Mr. O.C. Phillips, uh, digital transformation consultant. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Now, gentlemen, I want to focus on the public sector just for a bit here. Are you comfortable with the progression in terms of public sector digital transformation, OC? I think it's very much soon to say if I'm actually pleased. Um, given where we were as a nation, I still know people in certain departments taking five and four weeks to get a pay slip and things like that. That is not something that could be solved within one year, two years, three years. The digital transformation that they're undertaking now, we wouldn't see sustainable fruit from it until like about six years in. Because what nobody pays connection to is or, or pays mind to is there's a culture change that you can't digitize. And for want of better words, there's a cost of corruption that you have to factor in. That change management factor of it is going to be hard. And yeah, you could implement technology, but how much that it bothers people. So they are working. I hope they are working in the correct way. Um, I've seen up to some of the readiness assessments that they've done. I've been a part of some of the readiness assessments that they sent out here, giving suggestions and ways to improve the digitization. But to say, I can't say for sure exactly what was going on, but I just hope they're on the correct track. And Shadron, do you have any more insights into the digital transformation of the public sector? I always have to say, you know, although we call you business trans, we go a non nonprofit, non government organization, right? Vacation, <laughs> I did that. Um, we don't really know much in terms of insights from a government standpoint. We've seen what's happening around. Um, I know the Ministry of Digital Transformation is really going through from a digital government standpoint, trying to link with the different state agencies. I think there was a recent MOU signing with YTEP to do some training. And I know it's really basic training around digital that they're focusing there, but uh, I think like Lucy said, it's a whole culture shift that needs to happen. Uh, I think we saw it with banks when banks first started to use ATMs and people were still going into the bank and doing the same things that they could have done via the ATM, right? So it's culture shift that needs to happen. Um, how soon? That's difficult because you have to, while you're introducing technology and you say you want to change the entire payroll system, pay to be online, 
who's going to be running that system? Are you now forcing people out of work by that? Do you, in terms of the culture, because that that word culture has has popped up in both of your responses, you know, how do we help uh, shift the population forward in terms of digital adoption? How do we start to make that culture shift? Shadron, I'll start with you. I probably want to ask a question. Do we need culture shift to happen instantly? And that is my thinking. And probably also you could probably assist in that. Is it a long-term thing? Do we start with the, the young generation, the kids in secondary school, tertiary education, teaching, making sure that digital becomes part of the curriculum, even though you're doing other subjects, whether you focus on science, um, business, you're still doing some digital aspects of what you're doing. It should be math, English, and digital technology should be the compulsory courses that you're going in from there. But that now becomes part of the system that you're going through. Um, and at the same time, you're looking at where can you get the quick wins, the low-hanging fruits, because um, CN is still believing, right? So we need to see places like us, Trinidadians, um, expanding in their digital businesses, uh, whether it be uh, pulling pulling Wayne from WP and those, those, those different businesses where we can see people who are actually making um, strides and we can pull local examples of digital persons that are actually, well, businesses that are digital in background, but they're making an impact in terms of what we're doing. So I think it's a combination of starting with young, but also looking at the quick wins that we can get here. Um, a lot of young persons, you have some brilliant persons, young minds, and supporting them to, to grow and increase their businesses. So you can now see the faces while they're still actually now learning from there. So it has to have a, a multi-pronged approach. Right, right, right. OC, how do we start to make that culture shift? Simple. It's called content marketing. Hmm, break that down. Digital transformation, a lot of people run behind the buzzword, oh my gosh, and the first people they think that they need to hire is a project manager and agile and this, right? Digital transformation is just how you use technology to digitally transform your business model, meaning how you generate value and deliver it to a customer and get paid for it, right? So for a government or a nation is how do you generate value for your public, for your citizens, right? And then start by segmenting your citizens. So even if you're a marketer, you need to know who is your audience. Culturally, trainees don't read. You could put something on a sign, we don't read. One way, we're not going to read it, right? We don't want to read a bank statement. We don't want to read plenty of things. So we now have to segment the culture in different ways and say, all right, this is the type of information that we're going to put out to educate you, but we need to educate people in every single form of content that they understand. Some people need video. Some people need audio. Some people need some people are readers they want blogs right so it's just how you disseminate the information and then you get that across because people value is perceived value right when they get that information they say all right cool the government is embarking on this and for some people you could put hey we're going to make your transactions to register our business easier for some people you really just have to go into a local dialect and say register your business here some people you may need an Iowa George, you may need a soccer artist to sing a song about. And they're laughing. But some people learn like that. Look at children. Anything you put in a Peppa Pig song or something, they would learn it. Right? So you need to segment one, your country members. Then you know how to disseminate your value to them. And then, of course, you change your culture by then gradually being transparent and showing them not just, hey, we want a smart city in Arima. No. 
what is a smart city? How does a smart city benefit you as a citizen? As a, as a person in the market, if you're selling a Rima market, we put a smart city here. How are you going to use location technology for people to find your stall? That is a very different conversation to we've signed an MOU with Huawei, we're going to do a smart city in Arima, right? And then the person on the ground realizes, well, that market person realizes this is helping me. That is now perceived value to them, right? And then that person now becomes an advocate. So each person would have to become an affiliate marketer. There's a strategy for that. You need local influencers as strategies for that. You would need hybrid things, stickers on flyers on pools, and then you need to go back to that guerrilla marketing part. But you need to reach every single segment of your population and communicate value to each segment on how it's going to benefit them in that segment. I'll add that if it's so going into what you said, right? Giving the information in in every single piece of content in different contexts, reaching people where they are, and that's going to look like, you know, that's going to be very different for depending on, you know, who the target market is. One of the things that I learned um, in Canada that really helped the digital adoption was Canada treated digital adoption as a all hands on deck. It was every single entity teaching you. So for me, when I walk, I gave this example earlier, I walk into the bank, when the banks just rolled out the Visa debit cards, when they rolled out online banking, they had in-branch workshops for six months. And then after the first six months, you had somebody at the front saying, hey, what are you here for? Or you, you're looking to pay a bill? You don't, you don't need a teller for that. You ever use your online banking? No, you don't, you've never used it? Come, let's walk, walk them over to a terminal and showing them, right? When I was working at Apple, in our workshops at Apple, when we're setting up people's iPads, when we're setting up their phones, we would ask them, hey, what applications do you use? Do you bank online? We would help at Apple. We're helping people set up their banking apps. We're helping them navigate their online banking at the Apple store, right? Because Apple understands that if we teach you how to use your iPad, if we teach you how to use your phone and you know how to use all these applications, then chances are, not chances, but there's a very, very good chance that you're going to get so comfortable doing all of your productivity work on our devices that you will always come back in to upgrade and embed yourself more into the into the Apple garden, right? That was the thinking. So that is why an Apple wants to teach you how to do your online banking, right? So everywhere you went, the institutions were teaching you how to use the different services but on their products. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we're missing in Trinidad is that it's not all hands on deck. It's not. We, when we get a change, it kind of just gets dropped on you, right? So when RBC uh, decided to close down a lot of the branches, um, they started to you know guide everybody into the ATMs, that change happened suddenly. And everybody kind of freaked. Well, the 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 non-tech savvy people freaked out <laughs> because yeah. it was just a change that so was brought So definitely, on. when we're looking at digitization for the country, um, it comes with a lot of responsibility, and I would say all-round integ- uh, integration and education for the population. Correct. Yeah, it's it's an all hands on deck. So you know, Massey launches an an app for online shopping. There needs to be content on in every aspect showing you how to do that. Right. 
So guys, you know, I would like to move over. We are talking about the individual, talking about the con- the culture of Trinidad and Tobago. Want to look at the small and medium enterprises for a bit. And uh, do you think Trinidad or is Trinidad and Tobago getting any investments into the local small and enter and medium enterprises space? Uh, Shadron? Well, the space before that is micro smaller because <laughs> we have we have a couple of uh, MSMEs. My, <laughs> yeah, um, at that le- at that level first. So I think the SMEs really actually get support, right? Um, whether it be finding that support through the through the chamber, um, I think if you if you look at the type of people that really go into the scale up, um, I think it was Unitrust has a scale up program. Is really the small businesses start, standpoint as well. Um, so there, there is support. I mean, we still have Netco if you're in agriculture. There's ADB. Creary has several programs. And there's some smaller programs like, let's say, YFAM, YBTT. Um, and then when you're looking at exporting, there's a lot of things in export TTX and banks. So there's, there is a lot of programs. The, the challenge that we have as an ecosystem is the connectivity like programs showing your connecting chain that if I complete this program, the natural step is this program or the natural step is this program. So that I can really grow as opposed to coming out of a program Then I'm wondering now what? And information as we like it in Trinidad isn't as easy to get, especially for us. So we always bring to our other programs, all the other programs, let them talk about their program as well, because information is also needed for them to connect. Um, I mean, not everybody Googles and finds what is out there and researches. As much as we see knowledge is power, how many of us are invested in that power? I mean, I always say in business, you know, it's about who you know. We always say at Trinidad, it's about who you know, but we aren't making an investment to figure out if we can know more persons. So in short, there is support out there. Um, The connectivity of that support needs to be there so that they can really transcend the entrepreneurs from one level, from the MSMEs to the SMEs, to the growth stage, and then the mature stages and corporates from there. Shadron, I have been running into a lot of people who have said that you and YBTT have been very instrumental in growing their business and helping them, you know, uh, get organized, you know. What does YBTT do in case for the listeners who are unsure about what the youth business of Trinidad and Tobago does? Who do you guys serve and what are some of the things that you guys offer over there? Um, I, I, well, we do training programs, whether it be for individual organizations or especially for entrepreneurs. We specialize in um, not focusing too much on the business plan, but we do the business model. So how does that connect? Um, we do design thinking, helping entrepreneurs not to focus too much on the idea, but step back and first and figure out what is the problem and do, could we do some insights in terms of the problem before we even start to think about solutions. Um, because, you know, we have a lot of ideas, but the ideas never progress because we haven't really built a solution for a problem. We just build a solution, right? So it's helping them to think through that. We provide them with mentors as well to help them guide persons who are, are running their own business or persons in special fields to help you to kind of navigate. Um, it may not be somebody in your own industry, but someone who understands business and what, what it takes for businesses to thrive. And through, through that um, intermingling as well, you get fresh ideas. Um, but I would say our 
I guess, most valuable superpower is that signposting, um, having knowledge about what is out there in the ecosystem and helping the entrepreneurs to connect the dots, right? So we, our best entrepreneurs were in at least five programs, <laughs> right? And that's, that's, I think, is our superpower. Yes, you could come to YBTT, but we look for different programs that can match with you to help you kind of get those signposting from there. Nice, nice. OC, so just you know, I want to I want to I want to get your opinion on something, right? So we're switching the topic. All right, so we're talking digitization. Um, Shadron, you work with a lot of businesses as well, but we'll start with OC. Do you see more of the micro and small businesses getting on the digitization train, or do we see more? Do we see more businesses trying to go back to you know how things were and try to dismiss technology altogether? What do you think? I'm seeing a mix of both. Um, some I see try to do digital, LinkedIn bio, link three, um, and different things. Some I see are doing it very wrong. Some I see are making a genuine attempt from things like WhatsApp web, uh, WhatsApp business to other things. So I think some are embracing it. Some are trying. Some are most are without proper guidance. Um, and then also there are some that says, you know, the status code is a little too much. Let me just go back to just normal. So I've still seen barbers that says, hey, just call me. Let me call me and make an appointment. But then there are some barbers who have a full-up uh, you know, appointment solution that you could go online and book. Um, again, I could just sit from where I sit and tell them, hey, that's what you should do. But it probably is that person's audience, that person's customer's some people are sued by customers. If a customer say, hey, I want to get on to you to pay my money, but I'm not fully know that, then <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of dilemma. <laughs> you may want to implement the technology, you know, but the people who spending and keeping the lights on telling you, I ain't not really going through all of that, say maybe me, I'd rather take up my phone and call. And it's kind of a tough place for business, right? That's where segmentation and what's called customer share of wallet comes in. You still have peace for the share of people who want to do that technological side and you still keep your existing channels open for the people who want to keep the status quo. Mm. Shadron, what do you think? Our businesses are... Yeah, I think... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, they're... they're, they're I mean, I don't think it's as much businesses starting solely digital businesses that are solving problems. I think it's the... Um, the businesses that we have currently transforming um, and adapting. Uh, I think we're kind of spill off of what OC was saying in terms of if your customers don't want the digital, it's redefining what is the right digital transformation for you. Um, and I think that is where they have to look at. Um, it may not just be from a customer standpoint. We still have persons um, hard copy with, with, with their finances, right? It might be as simple as, as applying accounting software, right? So it's really trying to figure out what is the right digital, digital transformation for you um, at your level at, at business. Your customers may not be ready for digital. You may not have the resources like a bank to help them out every effort, every customer to make sure that they can utilize your service. Um, so you may have to take things in strides, things digitally and, 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 piece by piece, but we have seen a lot of entrepreneurs coming to us, ensuring that their online presence is checked. Um, I know when we have um, digital speakers in our programs, we always say, well, when you're bringing that person back, <laughs> right? Because the, the insights that they get as simple as your brand storytelling, those aspects of um, being online is not simple as um, 
putting up a Facebook page and, and putting up a website, but what is your brand story and how does how does it all connect? How can I use digital to make my life easier or make my business easier? We're seeing a lot of that transmission happening. Um, persons utilizing digital at a smaller scale to enhance what they're doing currently. And you are listening to the digital world here at uh, Freedom 106.5 FM. As we discuss the digitization of Trinidad and Tobago, are we progressing as a nation? And with us, guests uh, Shadron Collins, the general manager of youth business of Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, O.C. Phillips, digital transformation consultant. Talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com. Welcome back to the digital world. With us today, O.C. Phillips, digital transformation consultant, and uh, Shadron Collins, the general manager of youth business of Trinidad and Tobago. So there's been this uh, big announcement uh, from the government um, about the TSTT Polar Caribbean Marketplace. Guys, what are your thoughts? All right, so O.C., we'll start with you. So the announcement happened... um uh, over the weekend, that was over Saturday weekend, night. Yeah. Saturday night in the Hyatt. Yeah, and there's a big launch in the Hyatt, of course. Media, you have to check a box. You know? <laughs> the people have to do what they have to do. Um, it's really interesting. I have actually did a first review of that platform on my YouTube channel. Um, but Karen would be laughing because we had this conversation about the platform. And platforms in general. Um, when I did my research days what now we're close to like 40 platforms of that same type in Trinidad and Tobago which is online marketplaces online marketplaces which is a lot um the market is severely oversaturated and for a new player that comes into the space TSTT has a lot of leverage in terms of probably market spend they have good PR they have bad PR going with them so they need to look at that the platform itself I was hugely disappointed when I saw it after I did my initial research, it's clear to see that they have not done a couple of things before launching a platform. And I think that they could have done significantly better. Um, I have to kind of be careful of what I say. <laughs> also, Karen knows why. Y- you know, and I, I so think... So do we need a platform for the platforms? We, <laughs> we need a platform for the platforms. We need a platform for them. But like at last check... Um, it's close to 40. It could be. It's no less than 35. So so here's the thing, right? Um, last year, the finance minister, he made an announcement in... I, I don't remember what event or what was the... What was the... Uh, I don't remember the event, but he made an announcement saying that, you know, um, the, the businesses that were most impacted during COVID was the artisans, all right? The artisans, you know, uh, got crippled. They got hurt. Um, they weren't able to sell their products. They had no way of selling their goods whatsoever, right? The places were closed. The majority of them would be going into, you know, trade shows, the market, the green market, south markets, things along that nature. So they had no way of, um, of selling their goods. And... The government wanted to create a platform that would allow uh, Trinidad and Tobago artisans to go online, uh, create a store online and sell their goods. And that announcement that happened last year, Saturday, was the was the uh, the rollout of that from that initial announcement. So we got uh, TSTT's Parlor Caribbean. Now, I think for me, because of the 
oversaturation of the marketplaces. So what, a, what is a marketplace? You know, let, let's break that down first. A marketplace, think Amazon, think eBay. Think of a platform where, where, where businesses can register themselves onto a platform, kind of create their own store online, and then you're going to have sellers come and purchase the products, right? Now, in our marketplace, when you when you think about the nature of a of a, of what an online marketplace is, the strength of a marketplace is in the amount of businesses that are on one platform where they can now attract people to come in. Um, good customer service. Uh, marketplace is going to take care of things like the payments, so a small business would not have to worry about hey, how am I going to get paid online and what platform I'm going to use. The marketplace is taking care of that, and the marketplace would also uh, come with its own logistics to get the products to the end user. Right. So there are benefits to the marketplace. However, with so many. And then businesses start to spread out across all these all of these different platforms. It kind of loses its luster. So what I want to ask the two of you, because both of you guys work with businesses um, from a business perspective and also on the technology side. I'll start with you, Shedron. If somebody you've worked with many product based businesses, right? Um, What is your what is your thoughts on, you know, when should somebody list on a marketplace Versus when should they create their own website, get their own payment tools and, you know, uh, get their own delivery company to deliver their goods? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think it's it's based on what the marketplace offers, right? If it's just a matter of um, seeing what products are there, then that's fine. Um, it's going to be a lot less cost for you than investing into your own for now. Um, so as a young entrepreneur, you may see that as a, as a a key way, especially if they have a distribution um, method or delivery method that you can utilize as well. Um, so for me, it's that early stage where you've kind of established what the product is and you're not in testing phase anymore. You kind of established what the product is. You have a couple of um, clients and you've been requested by a couple of persons that you can't reach. Um, whether that be um, across the waters, uh, whether it be from, whether I'm originally from Point Fortin, so sometimes Port of Spain seems like across the waters as well. So whether it's far reaching for you and it helps you get to clients that you don't usually would get to, but it doesn't cause you more work <laughs> as opposed to relieving some of your stresses. So if I don't have to travel to Port of Spain and arrange a time for everybody to come and collect from me, it eases that distribution for me. So you really have to have a strong customer base already before going on on that platform. And then I think once you're on that platform, slowly and surely you're building out your own distribution, your own website to create from there. So I think the platform might be a good starting point, but after you have a good foundation, probably using social media. But in essence, you're looking at how do I develop my own distribution, my own website, uh, my own connectivity to my audience, because I think you can alone could sell your brand, right? And sell your branding. So a lot of persons who are on the platform or on different platforms, they already have an established brand and that is really where they benefit from the industry distribution and the insight of somebody coming onto the platform and having to see you when they came for something else. Gotcha. Osi, what are your thoughts? When somebody is starting out, at what point or what do you advise people in terms of should they go the route of marketplace or should they have their own website and, and look to get their own career companies and stuff like that? What are your thoughts? My honest thoughts is that you have to do both. Mm-hmm. 
reason being you need your own real estate even if you look on amazon nike still has an account on amazon adidas still has an account on amazon jordan still has an account on amazon bruno mark or major brands they still list on amazon right it doesn't mean that they just forgive their whole or forego their whole website and there's reasons behind that because there's different types of marketplaces some are business to consumer some are business to business alibaba should be mainly business to business but then there's alibaba and all the subsidiaries so they are business to business then there's business to consumer and there's consumer to consumer peer to peer so you need to understand what that is first what you're getting into and then you need to understand the model of that marketplace some are commission models some are listing base so you have listing base would be like those online classifiers like what kijiji is in canada mm-hmm. um you know, craigslist craigslist pin.tt down here that is a marketplace in itself so you have some subscription model you have list model you have commission model so you have different models right you need to realize that when you're selling something on amazon it's either you're selling or a marketplace is either you're selling certain parts of your inventory that would benefit because if I'm making chairs, I'm not going to sell a chair on Amazon mm-hmm. or a couch because the cost to fulfill that is almost the cost of the couch itself. But if I have smaller products like T-shirts, light things that Amazon could do the fulfillment, I would do that. But then I would also have a price for that. And then I could control what sales, because you, ha- you can't control certain things on certain marketplaces. right? Amazon controls their ecosystem. So on your own website, if you go on Nike website, you could customize a Nike shoes. You can't do that on Amazon. So you need to keep some value in your product that you can do on your own ecosystem, on your own existing website or whatever you own, your media that you own, channels that you own. And then you separate that and then you have a different strategy for going on a marketplace. But then we need to just see how that marketplace, one, benefits you. So don't just pay and go on a marketplace and not get value for it, right? Look at what value you get ask them questions what is your monthly traffic right mm. what what monthly traffic are you have what's your monthly active users on your on your on your marketplace because i don't want to come on a marketplace and you have five people there but i'm paying you 400 dollars a month for five people to come and view my products and i make none mm. that's a business investment right so ask those metrics for those of you i can't remember all of my head but i have a slide on linkedin with that um and i would reproduce it in next few times next few probably weeks i'll do a video on it on the things that you need to ask or check out when you're looking for a merchant on a marketplace that would add value to you this is freedom 106.5 fm and you are listening to the digital world here with uh, our guest uh, oc phillips digital transformation consultant and shadron collins the general manager of youth business of trinidad and tobago now gentlemen uh, we'll be wrapping up shortly but before you go when people think digitization technology of trinidad and tobago as a nation they often think about the government online services you know your birth certificates, any sort of government portal. How can I do this government transaction online? What are your thoughts at this point for Trinidad and Tobago when it comes to the government servicing the citizens of the country? Shadron? Well, I think we spoke about, um, we spoke about a lot about the digital transformation uh, ministry, right? And I think the mandate is a digital government as one of the pillars there. Um, so we have seen some progress in terms of everybody getting your T to connect ID number and being able to register your business. Um, we still have far to go. Um, there's again, 
It may be the customers as well of those services being able to want to go digital as well. We may be a bit more hand-holding that needs to happen, but we have seen some progress and abilities um, to do stuff online and get services online. Paying your bills, I guess, from a utility standpoint, is good. Things that we've been wanting to have long coming and being able to do now. Um, I think the central bank would have just awarded PayWise the ability to do some online transactions as well, so e-commerce and that aspect. So we've been seeing some progress happening slowly. Um, I await again the 23rd to see what percentage of the budget is focused on um, as digital as well. You know, I'll just interrupt one second then. I think we may have uh, someone who agrees with you that is a regular with us, Kadeem. He just, uh, he sends a message, laugh out loud, online appointments, ID cards, driver's permit. I think I feel they're leading in there, OC. Correct. I am going that direction. <laughs> um, and the truth is, we have too much individual talent that is not being used by the government. The government is saying, hey, we have people that work all over the world and build other countries, but when it comes to using them to build us here, we somehow have some procurement regulation that don't allow us to maximize the use of our good talent here, right? That's problem, probably number one, right? Number two, we're looking at, I understand there's some constraints businesses have, right? But government agencies are kind of tied with red tape, right? Because some people's hands are tied when they have to do certain things. That same TT Connect website has been down for three weeks and more. Where in the world is a government website down for three weeks and more and somebody just puts out an email memo on social media or something on a Facebook page and say, well, if you want to do that, you could go to our next site. Right? So, yeah, it's good that we're moving in a direction, but even everything from that travel pass up when people wanted to travel and come back in the country is almost as though it's a kind of Mariah wedding, and I'm from Tobago, no kind of pun intended. It's almost as though two steps forward and a kind of five steps backwards kind of thing, where it looks good. We all good intent and purposes, we build in these things, but where's the quality assurance to sh- make sure that these things actually deliver the People purpose? People were locked out. People were locked out of the country and can't get onto a travel pass, and that's unacceptable. But, like I said in the earlies, and I'll end on that same note, we're still jamming still, right? Yeah, I mean, we 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 have we have a lot of work to do and I think the I think collectively we know that as a nation we have the talent. We have seen some amazing individuals um build crazy things for all these other countries. You know, we we've had a WePay come here and build something amazing and felt like they couldn't grow in in Trinidad and had to move the entire operations to Jamaica, right? And then, you know, he went and opened up uh, a digital bank in in the U.S., right? So we have the individual talent. Um, We definitely need uh, more government participation uh, to tap into the local talent. And if it wasn't for, I'll say this, and I will end on this note as we wrap up, I think the part that gives me hope is knowing a lot of the individual talents. That's what gives me hope. Like, I seeing that we have the talent, 
you can get that hope, but until there is greater collaboration and we are able to get into positions of power where we can make meaningful change, that potential might go completely to waste or to another country and we'll go build up somebody else, which I think is what is been happening. <laughs> All right. So I just want to end by saying, Shedron, uh, thank you for coming in and lending your insights. There's a lot of information um, that uh, that we that you got from you today. Where can we get more information about yourself and YBTT? Um, online. <laughs> <laughs> we can't visit you in person. The first stop is online, right? Maybe. Uh, Banton all over. Whether you check us on Instagram or Facebook or website, um, you can use any of the contact numbers that you see on the website to reach out to us. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, uh, entrepreneur at ybtt.org or 4805366. Um, on vacation next week, so please don't bother popcorn too much. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, but yeah, WhatsApp, reach out to me. I mean, all all my entrepreneurs have my contact number. So if if you know somebody who went to YBTT before and they can just ask them for Shadron's number, and you can get from there. Um, but on the website, you will find my contact number and information there as well. Wonderful. OC, where can the public find you? Find me on ocphillips.com. O-C-E-Y-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S.com. Find me on YouTube. I have a channel there where I'm now starting to gain traction and putting out some content. Very much so as of next week, you can find me on the Digital Reality Show. That's my podcast that I shelved for a long time, but Karen kind of pressured me into starting it back. <laughs> so Digital Reality Show, it's me, O.C. Phillips on all social channels and ocphillips.com. Um, and as you could see, I would be building out that site gradually over time. It's kind of unfinished, but I don't think it ever would be finished. But yeah, there you can find me. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining us today. Mr. Shadron Collins of Youth Business Trinidad and Tobago, the general manager, and O.C. Phillips, uh, digital transformation consultant. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it and your expertise. So um, it's time for us to get out of here. There's news at the top of the hour, and that uh, waits on no one. So thank you so much, Karen. Great show again today, and uh, you'll be back with us again next week, right? Yes, today was fun. And just to let the public know, next week... We have another exciting guest who we're going to be bringing in, Tanisha Garcia of T. Garcia Education. And we're going to be talking about the future of education. So have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you so very much for being with us right here on the digital world at Freedom 106.5 FM. Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matters.